whatever thoughts you're having in your head, it's fine. It doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make you like broken or any of this bull that goes on with the mental health discussions of like, oh, I had this very serious compartmentalized experience, but now I'm over it and now I'm fixed. I don't, I don't believe that. Welcome to this episode of the Pods Up podcast. This is a podcast where we shine a light on a different podcast every week. We want to share podcasts that we think are doing really cool things, they're doing things differently that you might not have heard of. Each episode is a deep dive into amazing audio, people who are making really cool podcasts or really cool bits of audio that we think you'll like. My name's Faith, I'm an audio producer myself, so it's a bit weird for me to be doing this and to be talking into a microphone because I'm just not used to being the one talking. I'm used to being the one doing the listening and editing what comes out of the microphone. So the podcast that I want to tell you about today is a podcast called Dark Coffee. Dark Coffee is hosted and produced by Alice Lyons, who you'll hear from in this episode. Alice has actually done something really interesting in that she started her podcast, Dark Coffee, and then she's launched a business as well off the back of the podcast. So now there's Dark Coffee, the podcast, and there's Dark Coffee, the business. And the business is a well-being agency. So she is a mental health facilitator and she runs group sessions with businesses and she coaches one-to-one. And back when events were allowed to happen, she would run events as well. I should also mention at the top that this podcast mentions suicide ideation. However, there's some really amazing advice in this and a lot of what Dark Coffee is about is about having these conversations, having them openly, honestly, to encourage more people to talk about how they're feeling. So I won't tread on Alice's toes too much because I'm I can tell I'm starting to her knowledge has seeped into me and I'm starting to repeat her words back to you. So I don't wanna, you know, I want you to hear all the amazing things that she has to say. So several months ago, and I'm talking several months ago, before we even knew what social distancing was. Alice and Ant, Ant who you'll know from previous episodes of this podcast, from Pods Up North and Pods Up Level Up fame, they went for a coffee and Ant asked Alice all about why she started the podcast, what it was that led her to start this particular podcast, what conversations she wanted to have and she thought that people needed to have regarding mental health and put it in the form of a podcast. You'll also hear how she makes the podcasts and what some of the episodes sound like and how she invites people onto the podcast and asks them to you know, open up and talk about really raw, vulnerable topics. And Ant starts off by asking Alice where she got the name Dark Coffee. The reason the name came about is because I was chatting in the pub with my, my housemate at the time, a good friend of mine called Dan, and um, I'd just done a public speaking course and I'd sort of come out, if you like, about my mental health and particularly my suicidal thoughts. And after doing this talk, a load of people were coming up to me afterwards saying like, oh my God, it was amazing. It was so good to hear someone talking about it, kind of breaking the stigma and all this. And I just really loved that feedback and it, it gave me such a buzz and I immediately was like, I want to take this conversation further, but I don't know how. So I was saying this to Dan in the pub and he just like casual with everything was like, why don't you just do a podcast? I was like, oh my God, that's that's so obvious. Of course I should. When I used to work in hospitality, so one of my early jobs was running coffee shops. 
And uh, as a young manager, one of the things I did was coffee chats, which is just very casual conversations with your staff. It's not a review, it's not recorded, nothing like that. It's not about performance necessarily. It's just a casual conversation where you check in with them, get to know them, but it's special time that you carve out for those conversations and for those relationships to build. So these were called coffee chats. And I was like, why, why don't we just have that kind of casual relationship with, with everyone we work with? Why can't we forge these relationships? And more to the point, why can't mental health and serious issues be more conversational like that? So there are kind of a couple of different reasons for calling it dark coffee, because it's the dark conversation topics, but making it more conversational, making it more everyday. Because my kind of wider vision is that in a few years' time, it will be up to the point where people can just sit in an everyday setting and very openly say like you know I had a depressed episode the other day or I was feeling a bit suicidal at this time and it's that sounds really worrying on the face of it but actually it's not because the more people talk about their mental health and share it openly the more social support they get the more peer support the more emotional support they actually get and um, there's a lot of research in those areas to say that actually that can prevent a lot of deterioration in your mental health so yeah that's kind of where it came from But even though we're in a, a time and a society where it seems more prevalent, more people are talking about it, more people are willing to be open, there's not as much stigma. Mm -hmm. uh, you have people from all walks of life that are standing up and saying, I've had these issues. Yeah. Even though we, we're in that time, it's still quite shocking for me when you just said about when you were going through and having suicidal thoughts. Yeah. So, um, I... If, if it's all right, I want to ask you about that. Yeah, sure. So, like, um, I mean, what, 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 this sounds like a really stupid question, but what is a suicidal thought? Is it just. No, that's not a stupid question at all, because there's a lot of misconceptions around it, which is one of the things that we talk about on Dark Coffee. Because um, when I used to think about suicide, I used to picture the man on the bridge. That was like the quintessential image in my head is a guy just about to jump off the bridge. And. So I didn't kind of attribute a lot of my thoughts to being suicidal because I wasn't in that place where I was going to make an attempt. And in fact, there's only been really a couple of times where I've ever thought, like, got to the planning kind of stages. So any kind of suicidal thought or um, kind of inkling that you have is, is termed as ideation. So suicide ideation is anything through from, like, a fleeting consideration or, like, a fantasy that you have right through to detailed planning. For me, it was kind of... Um, a malaise that would creep in. I found myself having these fantasies of just genuinely, when I was sort of walking to the bus on my way home from a horrible shift at work. There was a building opposite me. I used to see it like most days. I can see it clear as day in my head. I used to picture like walking through the reception, going up to the lift in the top of this building and just jumping off. And this wow. was a fantasy that I had like quite regularly at various times throughout my early 20s. And, um, and it was kind of like the comfort I felt in it it was it sounds really weird and when I explain it it sounds very cinematic yeah it was but it was so clear in my head I could see it playing out like it was a film um, but it gave me such a weird level of comfort because when I thought about that I was like okay no matter how bad things get like there is always a way out and it's a kind of escapism that comes from it so for, for me that was how I, I wouldn't have called that a suicidal thought it was just like a daydream I was having I didn't I didn't interpret that as a problem or an issue or anything and I still don't really see it as an issue necessarily um, because one of my big things is self acceptance and just knowing that whatever thoughts you're having in your head it's fine it doesn't make you weird it doesn't make you like broken or any of this bullshit that goes on with the mental health discussions of like oh I had this very serious 
compartmentalized experience but now I'm over it and now I'm fixed I don't I don't believe that I think we all have our thoughts all fluctuate so much and like you're trying to define what is a suicidal thought and I don't what I define as a suicidal thought would be different for someone else because I think they were happening for me before I even identified it as that so what was the point at which you went this is a suicidal thought it was more when I was I was started watching TED talks and stuff I had a breakdown when I was like 25 and had some time off work and I started watching TED talks which are 20 minute um, talks given by people who are at the top of their field and most of them were focused on personal development and you know people's fixating on different topics um, and a lot of these people who are like I, I admire so many of these people that are phenomenal at what they do they do a lot of good in the world and a lot of them were saying oh it got to the point where I didn't want to live anymore and I was like hmm interesting a lot of these people are saying it and a few people very specifically would talk about steering their car off the road which is another fa- kind of fantasy that I had on a, a sort of semi-regular basis throughout different points in my 20s but I remember very like the the most sort of extreme suicidal thoughts I had would be when I was going through a massive transition period or as there was some kind of trauma trauma in my life and not as in like something's gone horribly wrong I would just feel dissatisfied for some reason and it felt like a bit of a personal crisis um, so there were a few times where I just like left my job left home went for a drive and um, sometimes I'd go for about a week and I'd just be like staying in different B&Bs and stuff and I remember very vividly, like, the the closest I got to actually acting on suicide was I was thinking about, um, yeah, sort of steering my car off the road. And this is a very specific point that a lot of these TED Talks uh, or other speakers have kind of picked up on. And I was like, oh, my God, that is... I was feeling suicidal, but I would never have used those words. I wouldn't have described it like that to anybody because, again, I was thinking of the extreme of actually acting on it. But for me, during the ideation phases, I'd start thinking about, oh, that'd be really shit for the emergency services having to cut me out of this car. And I'd sort of, like, I'd be talking myself out of it at the same time as I get the emotional kind of release of of feeling like, okay, there's always a way out. But then, actually, when when I thought it through to completion, I would never have acted on it. So I would never have told anyone I'm suicidal, because for me, suicidal means an intention to act. And actually, it's a very long continuum mm. that people very often... As many as one in five people are said to experience suicidal thoughts, which is 13 million adults in the UK, which is a lot of people. So you said you, you would never have told anybody that. No. But... If you had told somebody, yeah, like, say that that was the situation now, like, what's the the best thing that I can do or say, and what's the worst thing that I can do or say? What if I said to you? Yeah, if you I said suicidal. Um, I think the worst thing you could do would be to dismiss it completely, or to laugh, or to to try and talk me out of it and be like, oh no, nothing's that bad. Like to d- diminish what I'm feeling would be probably the worst thing you could do. Sure, because uh, that would invalidate my experience. See, no, nothing. Yeah, I can't be that bad. That doesn't sound like. A diminishing thing that sounds like almost like like something my mum might say. But see, I interpret that as being really diminishing. No, I, 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 I see that. I see that. <laughs> yeah. but I, I can see both sides of it, and yeah. I see there's that kind of trying to help but yeah. not helping that yeah. people are so good at. Yeah. Having said that, actually, saying anything is better than saying nothing. So the worst worst thing you could do would just be to like walk out of the room and refuse to sit in that space. So that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to say the wrong thing because I. I'd also encourage people to say anything rather than nothing at all, because at least you're showing you're trying to help. 
And in, in terms of the the fact that you're talking about these things like ideations, yeah, is is the stuff that maybe people could learn from in terms of like a warning sign, like kind of things that people might say mm. that is an indicator that they are having these fantasies that they're in a position where they need maybe not an intervention, but maybe a, just. A coffee. Yeah, I think it's, it's different for everyone, and, and I can't sit here and say, "Oh, there's one surefire phrase you should listen out for," because it's going to be different for everybody. Some people will never talk about anything, but I think that one of the things I try and teach people in, in coaching and in seminars and stuff is just look for changes in people in terms of how they normally present. So if you've got a very outgoing friend and they're very sociable, very chatty, um, they always want to get involved in social events and stuff, and then they suddenly start isolating themselves that's quite a drastic change in their behaviour. Whereas you get other people who are normally quite independent, quite um, spend a lot of time with themselves, but then they're suddenly making excuses and they want to be out of the house, they want to be occupied, they want to have stuff going on and in their calendar and they're trying, like, trying to be around people and not be at home, potentially not be at home with their thoughts. So that can cause a change of behaviour that you might pick up on. Um, so it's one of those things I think we're, we're quite intuitive with the people around us we normally get a kind of weird feeling of like oh so and so doesn't look quite right today but then we'll be like oh maybe he didn't sleep well or, or that's kind of the end of the thinking process we don't kind of acknowledge it from that point on we'll just be like oh so and so is in a bit of a funny mood today on with my work and we don't properly stop to acknowledge it and create that space for people and I think that's one of the that's one of the greatest gifts you can give to anybody really is just create a space for them to walk into. Like when you're podcasting and you you're silent, that silence is a gift that you're giving someone because we don't get very many opportunities to speak openly in our society because we've got back to back appointments in our diary, we've got stuff going on, we've got our headphones in, we've got our laptop with adverts flashing at us. We don't get time or space, or very rarely. So sometimes just creating a space for someone and a bit of silence is enough for them to to start forming these thoughts and these opinions in their own head and to form the connection of I'm not feeling right actually I'm really not feeling alright what can I do about it who can I talk to where can I go um, so I think it's less about listening out, listening out for a particular buzz phrase or anything it's just really looking at people and really listening when they're talking because there's so much subtext when we're having conversations a lot of the time people's suicidal thoughts are fleeting they're just coming in and out as as with you know anxiety anxiety comes and goes quite often and yes it can be horrific it can be really overwhelming when it's there but if we learn how to manage it and how to talk about it at a very early stage we can start learning self-management strategies and things and it's exactly the same with suicide ideation like if we just felt more comfortable talking about it at an earlier stage I think people would just find it a more comfortable and acceptable conversation topic and that's some of the feedback I've been getting at the moment actually is like oh I can just say to you that I felt like that at one point and this is how it felt for me and this is what it was like and it's it brings us closer together it forges connection because we're all united in a lot of our struggles but we just if we don't talk about it we don't know that Hello, you lovely thing. Welcome back to the Dark Coffee Podcast. And today I wanted to bring you some really practical advice for how to look after yourself during times of stress. If you're listening in real time, we are in our second lockdown in the UK. We're going into winter. It's cold. It's raining in Manchester all the bloody time. And it's like, where do you even start with your well-being and looking after yourself, especially when you're running a business or when you're busy, when you're a parent, whatever? Well, First thing to say is that it's, it's difficult, right? There's no one-size-fits-all approach that is going to work for everybody. 
but I wanted to bring you guys four tips that have worked for me, they've worked for clients. I've seen again and again, if you kind of take on your own interpretation of these four tips, hopefully you'll find yourself getting a bit further along and in a better place than if you didn't follow the tips. So let's see how you resonate with them, if at all. So tip number one, I'm just going to get straight into it, no messing about. Tip one is to wallow. That sounds horrible, but I think it's it's a really important point to make. So many people, when they're in a difficult moment, they're going through a challenging time, they try so hard to just power through. They think, I'm going to distract myself, this is uncomfortable and unpleasant, I'm going to power through, I'm going to think about something else, I'm going to focus on my work, forget about that issue I'm having in my relationship, push, 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 push. That technique can work really well for a, a while. I'm not going to say that nobody benefits from that. But one of the repercussions of that is that you, you run the risk of repressing stuff and you, you kind of push it down and ignore it for a little while, but it's still going to be there. And if you don't process your emotions and the things that you're genuinely feeling in real time, they can come back to bite you later on. And it's never pleasant when they resurface. One of the ways that this manifests itself most readily is in your relationships. So how do you go about putting the podcast together in terms of finding the guests because ultimately what you're talking about is something that a lot of people keep to themselves mm -hmm. and even after they've been through it not everybody's comfortable speaking yeah. about it so I imagine that finding guests for your show can be quite tricky. Well, it was back in the day when I first started. I had this idea of making it all interviews, and I was I was very fixated on suicide ideation, and I was like, I really want to explore this one particular issue. Um, but I, I realised quite quickly that as as passionate as people get when I'm face to face with them and talking about it, and go, oh, I really want to share my story. I really want to share. When it came down to actually sitting down and recording, a lot of them would. Uh, retreat and say I'm really sorry I'm not ready for this and it's completely cool I respect that so I was like in the meantime I was thinking how am I going to get around this I really want to do interviews but then I was like well maybe I could just talk about this one incident or maybe I could talk about this theme or maybe I could talk about this topic and just I realized I have a lot of experience within myself so I was like I could just talk about these things and then it became a solo podcast effectively and I was like well I don't need to talk to other people because I could be helping people now with the knowledge I have I don't need to wait for a guest to come along for that to be the case so yeah I just started putting it out with solo episodes but now it's got to the point I've been working a lot on LinkedIn the past year and kind of promoting my personal brand and building um, my pipeline and everything else and building all my relationships through LinkedIn so a lot of people have seen the content that I do they've seen the events that I've done or they just sort of know what I'm doing and people just come to me now so they'll say oh I love what you're doing with dark coffee this is my story in a nutshell da, 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 da. Um, I'd love to come in and talk to you about it and a lot of people I've just I've just kind of met up and had chats in coffee shops with and just gone yeah you should come on the podcast and and because it's every other week it's it's less labor intensive because mm. it's not like i have to get it out every wednesday it's every other wednesday for the interviews so i can do a couple of recordings in a week and then i'm i'm done for the month and it's solutions focused we're not like zeroing in on a harrowing situation i know we, we do talk about suicide sometimes but not all the time now because what i've realized in the past year of doing it is that mental health um kind of intersects everything it intersects so many issues in society it's a lot to do with how we're brought up it's about our identities and how we just how we navigate the landscape of being human and how complex and beautiful and weird it is so we talk about society a lot we talk about um i go into rants about toxic masculinity patriarchy all these things 
I, I talk to the business community and people who are doing good work and the reasons behind that. So we touch on a lot of different issues and we just talk about, you know, it's all right to not feel yourself half the time or it's all right to feel a bit shit and it's and you come back and you bounce back and it's very um, very solutions focused and it's and it's not about again it's not about cut and dry I was broken now I'm fixed it's not it's not reinforcing those negative kind of um, perceptions that we have and because I'm trying to blow that open a little bit it does feel a bit more expansive and a bit more I don't know I'm just trying to make it more accessible and more normal because it is it's so normal and um I think for too long people have been trying to force these narratives down our throat of like softly, softly, oh, you're going to be okay, don't worry, I'll hold your hand and kind of infantilising people. Or they've gone the very aggressive, militant, yes, you can beat this, you can defeat this, you can crush this. It's like you're talking about your own fucking brain. You can't defeat your brain. What the hell is that about? It just seems to create this kind of inner conflict in people. And I, I can never relate to any of those people who are putting out that kind of content, um, which is why I'm doing something different. I sometimes just record myself talking to try and slow my thoughts down and try and kind of, um, it's almost like therapy for me now. I just try and, almost like I'm talking to you now, you know, sometimes you just want a sounding board, don't you? I sometimes record myself talking just to have that same kind of process of getting my feelings out. There's an episode I, I recorded when I was depressed and I was doing it in real time. So that's quite an interesting one. That strikes me as... A wonderful insight. If that if, I, if that doesn't sound too twee, no. That's um, <laughs> but one of the things from my experiences of depression is like, but usually when people are suffering from depression, they don't feel like doing anything. Yeah, it was not a very um, heavy hitting episode, if I can call it that. Like I've had serious, serious depression, like where you cannot get out of bed. So it wasn't that bad. It was more of that low level functioning, like I can get up and go to the toilet and stuff. So I was functioning okay that day. So I was I was able to do it. But it is weird. I did kind of have just this this like weird twinge went off in my head and I was like, oh maybe if I just talk about it it could help somebody. Hello guys, it's Alice and welcome back to the Dark Coffee Podcast. I'm coming to you in a different location today to usual. Usually I have a little podcast set up at my desk and it's all very official looking and organised. But today I have a migraine so I've gone to bed. But I felt really inspired to do a podcast today and I didn't want to miss the opportunity when it arose. So what I wanted to talk about today is quite important and that's how to manage your energy or just how to manage your mood when you're not really feeling it effectively. And it's a weird one to listen back to because I do sort of sound different. My whole, the cadence of my speech is different and my voice is lower and I'm finding it really hard to think about what to say. So you can hear like the gaps in my, in my sentences when I'm just struggling to put the words to it. My migraines are really interesting. They are actually a physical manifestation of my inner state. So if I feel like my mental health isn't where I want it to be, I will normally get a migraine. And it's like it's like my body's way of getting me to slow down because if I won't do it for myself, um, when my body is capable and moving around and functioning, having a migraine forces me to stop everything I'm doing and it makes me slow down and process things in a way that I probably wouldn't do otherwise. So... This is where I find myself today. There is a thing, and I'm just thinking my mum again mm. would be very like, oh my God, but you're putting all your 
your inner fears and yeah. thoughts and who knows what else is going yeah. out there and you're not just you're not just saying it out loud yeah you're, you're you're putting it out for the world to listen to yeah and so like at one end it's brave mm-hmm. uh, and admirable yeah and at the other end it's, it's terrifying stupid but do you not worry that, that, that and again this is an old adage that, that an old hang up that people have but that yeah. people would uh, would judge you for that would use that against you would definitely when I first discriminate. started yeah when I first started that was a big issue I had and I think that's where a lot of the fear came from actually um, was because you know I, I still want to be accepted I still want people to, to like me and want to talk to me and stuff and I really thought I'd be judged a lot when I first started it but actually what I found is um, it just connects me so deeply to so many people and people are way more forthcoming with positive messages than negative I haven't had very much negative criticism at all and when people have given it to me it's kind of they're actually coming from quite a good place usually they're trying to help me and say you know you should look after yourself maybe have you thought about not doing this and it's not they're not doing it for the sake of criticism it's coming from quite like a supportive kind of place but um but yeah that's always been something I've thought about from the beginning is it is quite exposing and it's quite I'm making myself very vulnerable to to attack effectively but I'm sort of all right with that. For, from my point, I've experienced more positives than negatives off the back of it. And I know it, I'm, I'm just so proud of the fact that good has come out of it for other people as well. So in a way, it's, it's not all about me. It's about, you know, if I can share my story, it will help other people. And I'm not going to do that at, like neglecting myself. I'm trying to be responsible and take care of myself at the same time. And I would redress that balance if I felt like I was damaging myself. I would do something to counteract that. But as it is, I'm, I'm getting so much from talking to people and from helping them. It, it just lights me up. It makes me feel amazing. And it's the best job in the world. So I think by nature of being quite loud and, and being able to talk, I've got all these skills that kind of puts me in the ideal position to do this. So I feel compelled to do it and I really want to. Um, I don't know. It could ping off in different directions because I like the kind of event side of it. I like the networking. I like all those kind of things. But yeah, I hope I'll always be talking about some element of well-being because it's it's part of my personal remit all the jobs I've ever done have been aligned in this kind of direction it's been making people feel good creating beautiful places for them to be and creating atmospheres and environments that they want to be in so it's kind of all been building to this anyway so I mean in the future there's going to be so many more well-being facilitators and we see that word being bandied about a lot at the moment but as time goes on there will be more people in the mental health arena and people will be doing all sorts of different things it's going to be a really dynamic and huge industry and that's a good thing it's all going in a positive direction so whether I'm going to be I I don't doubt I'll be doing completely different things from what I'm doing now but I hope the podcast will will live a long and happy life and I want to be at the forefront of that but I definitely want to be doing more events and things to just grow the scale of it basically because it's it's amazing to have a really open one-on-one discussion with someone but then when you extrapolate that out and you have a group of five in a focus group and then you extrapolate that out to a group of people in a workshop and when you get it going bigger and bigger and this kind of ripple effect that you see in people of like the recognition that they have with all walks of life all different people I just love that and I love seeing it in real time so yeah there's a lot of um a lot of plans to go into events and different kind of incarnations of this but this is everything i'm planning on doing for the foreseeable sort of career wise and um where can people find out more uh go on my website which is now up and running darkcoffee.co.uk i'm always on linkedin alice lyons and obviously the podcast is dark coffee it should be available wherever wherever people stream from 
If it's not, let me know. <laughs> I'll get on it. <laughs> and uh, social media? Oh, I'm on um, Instagram as well, semi-regularly. So it's Dark Coffee Wellbeing, with dots in between, or Alice Lyons Wellbeing. I think if people are listening and they're thinking of starting a podcast, I really want to say that they should do it, because there's enough information out there now, there's enough networks, and like what you're doing with Pods Up North to help promote it. I think it's a really important medium for people just self-expressing, and I'm really big on that. I think the more of us telling our individual stories and, and giving ourselves a platform and trusting ourselves to get the message out, the better for everyone, because someone will want to hear what you've got to say. So I hope that that episode was helpful. I hope you enjoyed hearing everything that Alice had to say. She talks about it so openly and so frankly that you almost don't have time to think, oh God, I shouldn't be hearing about somebody else's mental health struggles because she just talks about it so matter-of-factly and it's so refreshing to hear her be so open and honest. So obviously search for Dark Coffee wherever it is you get your podcasts. And you can also go to darkcoffee.co.uk for more information on Alice's wellbeing agency and the facilitation that she runs. Also, if there's anyone that you think would benefit from hearing the Dark Coffee podcast and hearing what Alice has to share, the sort of conversations that she's having on the podcast, maybe it's someone who you're not sure the right words to say to them. You don't feel like you've got the right words yourself. You can point them in the direction of Dark Coffee. Each of these episodes is made by a different producer. This one was made by myself and voiced by myself, which is a surprise to me and hopefully wasn't too bad for you. (laughs) And if you would like to make one of these episodes, if there's a podcast that you would like to shine a light on, please get in touch with us. We're at Pods Up Podcast on Twitter. And yeah, let us know. Let us know that you're interested to make one of these podcasts. It would be amazing to hear what what it is that you want to share so thanks for listening bye